Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. In today's episode of Blinded Faith, I'm going to learn a little bit more about the world's most popular religion, Christianity. In this series, we're speaking to people with passionate beliefs and having frank and enlightening conversations with them to see how what they believe is relevant in today's modern society. I've been invited to the head office of Christian Concern to speak to their CEO, Andrea Williams, who's a pioneer of living a Christian life. Either one thing is true or nothing is true. Islam is true or Buddhism is true or Hinduism is true or Sikhism is true or Christianity is true because they can't all be true. And either I'm I'm deluded, I'm wasting my time, or it is the truth. Her organisation represents people who have been adversely treated because of following Christianity, including in the workplace. Some Christian beliefs can be viewed as extreme or outdated versus how we live our lives today. So let's see what Andrea has to say about how being a Christian can be difficult, but in her eyes, is the only way of life. We've been in existence in its present form for about 10 years now and we're a group of 25 here in central London very passionate about bringing the good news of Jesus Christ into public life. Now let's let's get straight in. In today's busy sort of digital social media world what does it mean to be Christian? It means uh, to really know and love Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. What does that mean? That's, I think, sometimes language that can't be very easily understood. But I um, think that you might agree that we're not all perfect, that we don't uh, live up even very often to our own standards, uh, let alone the standards of God um, who um, made us, made us in his image and has given us a way to live and Um, Because we basically don't meet our own standards, let alone his, the message of Christianity is that he died on a cross for us, that we would be restored to him, to be in relationship with him, a living and beautiful and vibrant relationship. And I believe that's one that I carry with me every day of my life. And it's one that motivates me um, to get out into the world and to keep on speaking of him but it's a mot- it's mot- it's a great motivation of love that love that god would love each one of us and wants each one of us to know um him and to be loved by him and to find the freedom that rests in him yeah so it sounds very spiritual am i right in saying that 
It is um, deeply spiritual, but in many ways it's also practical. Uh, it, because it gives us a framework for living. And that's why we've, um, I suppose, at Christian Concern, why we are active in public life, in, in law, media, the arts, in all of these things, in education, we are active because we believe that there is a really good way of doing things, a way that's rooted in faith, a way that's rooted in biblical values, in fact, which have undergirded historically um, Great Britain. Um, for right, right since the very beginning, you know, if you go right back, even preceding uh, Magna Carta and yeah. uh, King Alfred, go right back to King John, there was something called common law, which was biblical law, in fact. And biblical court law is very easy. It says, love God and love your neighbour. So that's pretty easy. Yeah. And there's a sense in which um, all of our laws, right up until very recently, were, were really based on that simple system. It's hard. I mean, even when I was studying in the 1980s yeah. in university, that makes me very old, doesn't it? But but it it, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know, I was studying then. You know, I, dealing with some of the things that I deal with today, I would never have imagined um, that some of these things were they were they weren't in my thought system. So the idea that a nurse would get sacked for offering prayer or get sacked for wearing a cross um, or that a doctor would get warned because he told someone about his faith i mean if you think about it like florence nightingale carried a bible with her it wasn't so long ago that bibles were passed from one matron to another when Mm -hmm. they changed shift in the hospital wards when schools were run by churches um, before they were it's only relatively recently that they were handed across to the state i think we just think of that as normal now but once upon a time the whole of our system was really based with a view of God um, as being a supreme authority in terms of knowledge and the how now to live. Mm -hmm. And if we replace God with the how now to live, then where is the how now to live? Who decides the how now to live? And I think that's that's where um, Christian concern in some way has come in because increasingly as the how now to live is something very different from what God speaks about yeah um that then means that we end up doing these cases or we end up um saying things in public life when things are being legislated for so so it is needed for people to sort of follow their belief and follow follow what they believe in and and like saying there are spiritual elements of it as well so you're here to help that be sort of practiced openly right yes i think it's really i think what's fascinating is that you'd have never thought that in great britain it would be increasingly hard for Christians to live out their faith. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I'm really against this kind of like Christian rights type of language because in a sense, it's not about our rights. Um, it's about what is good. Yeah. What is the common good? How, where do we get the common good from? How do we really live well with one another? What is true tolerance? Tolerance is being able to live alongside one another and perhaps even have different disagreements about how the how now we live. But being free to disagree, Mm. uh, to really respect another's opinion and not to be forced to accept another opinion. And that's the great story of Christianity in our nation. And wherever Christianity has formed societies, it's deeply hospitable, deeply hospitable to the love love thy neighbour. That's deeply hospitable, deeply tolerant because Christianity is not coercive. It's not coercive. You know, you are, you don't, you're not forced to believe in Jesus. You're not forced to live a certain way. You accept him, as I said earlier, to be your Lord and Saviour. You say, 
He died on the cross, that's the Easter message, yeah. to rescue me from my sin, from the judgment I deserve, from God's judgment. Yeah. And that's a great message of hope and reconciliation. Mm. Let's, I want to talk sort of about, about young people. Now, it seems, I mean, from the outset, that with religion, there are loads of rules attached to it, whether that be the way of life, whether that be the actual, this is how you're meant to live life, this is God sort of talking to you, to you saying, I've created this world, these are the rules for you to succeed in it. But with young people, as you may know, they don't like being told what to do. Rules are something they do not agree with. You do that in school and then you kind of want to get out of it. And a survey reported last year told us that um, in the UK, 70% of 15 to 29 year olds have no religious affiliation whatsoever. Do you think it is possible to truly have no religion at all? No, it's impossible to have no religion. No religion is a religion. Yeah. Secularism is a religion. In fact, secularism is very harsh. Secularism is very cold. Secularism doesn't accept dissent. Um, and if you look at the outworking of, of hard secularism, let's look in the 20th, 20th, 20th century, any yeah. regime um, in the 20th century has led to oppression and violence and fear. So I don't think that there, you know, th there, is, th there is any such thing... Um, as no, as completely no religion, even if that's how people see it. And I'll try and explain myself now. Culture, yeah. it means to cultivate. You cultivate something and you cultivate something with a belief system, with a backdrop. You say either there is a God or there is no God. or And then you work out what, you know, some people say, well, I believe in um, Islam. I believe in Buddhism. I believe in Christianity. Or I believe that there is no God. Well, what does a, 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 a secular society look like? Well, um, there are varying degrees, of course. Yeah. Um, so, but a secular society could look like Stalin's Russia. Um, a secular society could look like our society today, um, here in Great Britain. A society which is no longer kind in many ways. A society where lots of young people, and you've mentioned them, are lonely. A, set, a society which says there is, there are no rules, make your own rules, be the person you want to be, apart from it doesn't tell you about the how now to live. And so what we get is young people um, finding themselves confused, finding them confused about their identity, this huge rise in gender confusion, for instance, huge rise of um, people um, expressing uh, loneliness, self-harming, depression, um, not finding relationships fulfilling. All of this stuff is stuff that we are dealing with if, in, with young people. My heart goes out to young people that are told there are no rules. You know, you're not made for a purpose. Yeah. Where does that leave you? That leaves you confused. Yeah. And you see how we say, they, can there be no, you know, the thing is no religion means uh, you make the religion and you make this culture or a hard band of secularists who, are passionate, who, who say this at the heart of society, begin to make their own rules and then apply their rules. But as we've seen with the advent of sort of the Human Rights Act and all these things and the equality and diversity legislation, which is in fact in many ways not very equal yeah. and not very diverse, um, and if you dissent, then you're punished, um, what it leads to is something that's very harsh and more and more rules. It's a lot less kind than roll, uh, go roll back a few years where yeah. where Christianity was non was in many was non coercive. Yeah. It, it sort of feels like 
putting the rule bit aside because it seems like what you're saying is it's kind of a guessing game if you're not following a religion you're sort of trying to figure out as you go along do you feel it's because of the rules why young people aren't as interested in religion or do you think it's how religion is portrayed for example whenever i put the news on religion is the reason behind war whenever you research in history as well religion has been the reason behind pretty much so many wars do you think it's that that's deterring people away or do you think it is the rule aspect I think that um, Jesus Christ, it says in the Bible, is the way, the truth, and the life. And I think he is the way, and I think he is the truth, and he is the life. And in the Bible it says, the truth sets you free, and knowing Jesus sets you free indeed. And I think that when we understand that his way for us and his purpose for us is beautiful and freeing and true, then life has meaning and purpose. And the rules, you just understand, you know, what are these rules? What are the rules of Christianity? Well, I've just said, love, love God and love your neighbour. But it also has these extraordinary rules like you are, you know, this, this, you're made in, you're made in this image. And the idea that, say, of marriage, the one of the rules that comes up a lot currently in our society. But what could be a better rule for life than being told, you're so precious, young man, young woman, be pure. Be pure. Guard your heart because the heart is the seat of very strong emotions. Keep it, keep it guarded until you, are, until you are ready before God to commit to another person for, lo- for life. Now, that's God saying, I know how you were made. And I know that you were made to be with another man and woman, to be with one another and to be committed and to be in union with one another, and that this is marriage, and this is good, and then, and, you know, and to have children, to raise children within that bond. Yeah. Now that is not, do you know what that is? Completely freeing. Marriage, God's way, is totally freeing. And this idea that being sexually free, um, that brought to us with the advent of the pill in the 1960s and so on and so forth, you know, sex becoming recreational, not procreational, well, ask a few friends, ask a few men and women, has it really set them free? Has recreational sex really set anyone free? Has Tinder, Grindr, these things really set people free? No, people have become enslaved. They've come, come, come and, and also they give themselves away too quickly, too easily, and it really, really hurts. There are consequences for this. And I, you know, I don't think that's what makes young people happy. I think this idea of their beauty, their intrinsic worth, their idea of eternity, the idea of eternity being set in their heart and that, that sexual expression is worth waiting for in lifelong commitment is the most freeing thing indeed. Yeah. And, but, you know, just so that's just an example. It's just yeah. an example of... But it, it, it is hard in 2019 to, to refrain from acts like that because whenever you put on the TV, whenever you check your phone, even if you're riding, the, um, if you're going to work on the bus, you're going to see some sort of billboard... Yeah which is sort of tempting towards these temptations. Um, It's hard then, right, in 2019 to follow a religion where I'm constantly being bombarded with advertisements, subliminal messaging, telling me to do a certain thing. Well, that's change the culture. You know, that's it. Let's change the culture. That's what I think. I mean, and that's what we have with our Wilberforce Academy. We've got, you know, um, a lot of young people that are coming up now who love Jesus Christ, who've actually tried a bit of the world out. 
And I said, hang on a minute, this was not, this is not great. I'm not in a great place. Some of them, not all of them. But the other thing is, you know, it's quite interesting, you know, let's look at another thing that God says quite clearly. He says, do not kill. And, um, and something that we've legislated for, because we do legislate morality. Yeah. So you kind of, you remember this. But one of the things that we legislated for was abortion in 1967. And until that point, we'd really maintained the sanctity of life really the protection of the unborn child. Um, since that time, um, it, the Act was was had set a very high bar. It said that abortion was to be very rare, illegal unless the mother's life was at risk or the risk of physical or mental problems were greater if she continued with the pregnancy. But what happened? Well, when the Act was passed, immediately um, there were 27,000 abortions that year in 1967. The... The figures now are 200,000 abortions every year. That's over 500 abortions every day. Nine million abortions since the passing of the Act. So that's so we have nine million missing citizens in our nation. All it's all legal. No, it's all very hidden. No one speaks about it. But again, I say here, the truth sets you free. Yeah. If we give women permission to speak about what it really feels like and also permission to forgive themselves that's what gained the message of christianity is forgiveness yeah. restoration wholeness but to really speak about that um then um then i think we'll see change and what i've seen with young people is that they are beginning to become passionate social justice activists they're beginning to see this as a human rights issue they begin to see my generation the generation that's gone before me that said this freedom works where they're saying does it really? Look at look at the broken relationships that we see. Mm. Look at the lack of regard for life that we see. We want something different. So I say that the next generations that see the outworking of this so-called freedom, it's not freedom at all. The sexual revolution didn't bring us freedom. Look at, as I said, are women free? Are, men, are, they, are they free about their bodies? Are they more yeah. liberated? No, they're not really. How would you define freedom? Freedom is... In many ways, you know, uh, hooking it into Christianity again is godliness with contentment is great gain. And to find contentment in life, I mean, to, to, to really, to, to have a sense of purpose um, and to, um, to really live in the light of that um, is very freeing indeed. And I think that it's interesting. Um, so, so I think that in, per, that's personal freedom is to, to is to really to to, to be content, um, and it's not to be. But what, as I said, what we're finding with Christians just generally, or people that hold to the kind of things that I'm saying now, is that they are increasingly being forced out of public life. So, we're dealing with a social worker at the moment, a young woman um, at a university, who was doing very well in a teenage charity she was working with. Um, but because she said, um, she was asked by her um, boss who was um, identifying as, he was trans transgender, um, he knew she was a Christian, he asked her lots of questions. He then reported her for holding uh, uh, views that were contrary to the equality and diversity policy because she said that marriage was between a man and a woman, this sort of thing. Um, she's ended up being um, questioned and removed from the course 
um, saying that she it won't future service users she's not fit to practice as a social worker this is not an isolated case yeah we've got the also the case of felix nagoli we've got several social work cases we've got teacher cases we've got um magistrate cases where people are being removed simply for holding in conscience their views on sexual ethics on who jesus is on um yeah yeah for holding these views so but what's interesting about these cases um, is these people are still free. So the state may say, you're not allowed to think like that. You're not allowed to hold those opinions. But they'll say to me, you're not allowed to hold those opinions or you're not allowed to act on those opinions. But I say, I'm free. Yeah. What can you do to me? Force me out of my job? In other parts of the world, kill me? I'm still free. I'm still free because eternity is set in my heart. Because I know what not just what I'm living for, I know what I'm dying for. And I know that, you know, what Christianity offers is that it's not just about the here and now. It's actually about an et- eternal life. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm living in the light of heaven. I'm living in the light of something much more. And there's nothing that can happen on, in this, on this earth yeah. which can take away that sense of freedom in Christ. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Do you think, just going on to the freedom bit again, do you think freedom is subjective to the individual? For instance, um, you know, not working on Sunday, you know, Christian might say that is their freedom. However, employee might say, no, do you need to work here? This, this is, this is how it works. Um, there's, there's so many examples of this actually happening where people, uh, for example, uh, Dan Walker, who's a sports presenter and on the BBC News as well, he doesn't work on Sundays. He's in fact admitted that he's lost out on big jobs because of the fact that he doesn't work on Sunday as well. What do you think on that? Well, a sensible and sane society in that in that situation respects the conscience of Dan Walker and a sensible and sane employer respects the conscience of Dan Walker and says, great, okay, you're not going to work on a Sunday. Um, Dan Walker is no doubt very pleased to work on every other day of the week, as are all of our clients um, that come into this. And usually they'll work the really nasty shifts, any shift. 
And it's again, a, it's a coercive employer. It's a coercive state that says, but you will. It's a coercive state that says you will do this even if it violates your conscience. And that's what we're seeing on lots of spheres now. Uh, so, And, you know, the teachers that won't adopt certain uh, belief systems within the school won't teach certain belief systems uh, within a school. If you don't say that marriage is this, if you don't say that life begins, if you don't say these things, um, you'll be punished. Yeah. Or you won't qualify or you won't get the job. That's coercive. Uh, but a, a civilised society knows how to disagree well knows how a tolerant society knows how to tolerate opinions that they don't agree with but the new tolerance is very intolerant Mm. and these words these buzzwords such as uh, equality diversity and even tolerance are tyrannical because you said no you are you are not inclusive they'll say no, you are not. You you are you 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 treat this as a matter of inequality. You're bigoted. You're phobic. No, there's no phobic body, and the, there's no phobic bone in my clients' bodies. You know, there's no. And I I'm here. I'm here doing this interview because I know that even doing this interview, people will say she's a right wing homophobic bigot. You see, sort of thing. And but I know that when I get up and come in front of you in front of this microphone, that I have to continually examine my heart. And and that. There, there is no such feeling in me because I long that everyone should know the beauty and the restoration and the forgiveness and the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought, and this is for every person. So this, um, and I know that's my motivation. I know it's why I get up in the morning, and I know that's why, no matter what people say about me, no matter how things, no, no matter how hard I try to explain them. It's as if I can't explain them. It's a strange yeah. thing. But no matter how hard I try, that, that, that people will get the wrong end of the stick or whatever it might be, or, or put on me views that aren't mine, um, or distort what I've said. But I know that I'm here. I can speak to you because I'm free. Because I yeah. do. I'm, I know I'm free. Not, I'm certainly not perfect, as I've said. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I try my hardest. I'm not perfect. But I'm free because I, I know who I am in yeah. Christ. Do you think it is hard to be a Christian in 2019? Do you know, I consider it a great privilege um, to be loved by Jesus Christ and to serve him. It's a privilege. I feel like I'm a privileged participant um, in in his work. I mean, um, not to sound too highfalutin about it, and um, I will do anything for him because I really believe, I love him deeply. I'm completely passionate about it. Um, if 12 forsaken disciples, 12, you know, scared men in a room can turn the world upside down for Jesus, then I want to be part of, I want to just be part of a nation where there is hope and beauty and restoration and kindness restored. You know, that all of these things flowing, yeah. these flow from a belief system yeah with many of these points that you mentioned you know being kind being accepting of everybody you know just going sort of on the homosexuality sort of side of things uh people say well you're not because you're not accepting so on for being who they are you know love is love what would you say to that um the when the it's not about not loving you know if you really believe that um jesus talks to us about the how now to live 
And if you really believe that there is uh, heaven and hell, then the way that we should all live, God has a place and a purpose for the act of sexual expression between one man and one woman in marriage. And not to tell people about that, um, that's, that's, is, is, is not kind. Is that, that's, so it's that way round. Not to speak about that truth because, you know, we're so much more than sex. You know, sex, it's like, you know, we are, we've made, in this culture, we've made an idol of sex. You know, so I'm so tired of it. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't mind if I didn't have to talk about it ever again. <laughs> okay. I really wouldn't yeah. mind. But the, there is, because we, we are saturated, as you said earlier, we, you know, you go on a bus, it's on, you, from the moment you get up in the morning, it, you know, all the pornography that's around, the pornography addiction, that's a real problem. I really worry about our young people. I really worry about the young men addicted to porn and even now increasingly women addicted to porn. Where does that leave us for relationships? I mean, let's, let's, buy, let's, kind of, let's move on from the homosexuality thing. Let's think about that. Yeah. Let's think about that problem, which is endemic. You know, as I want to say there, is it kind to leave people in that condition, in that state? Because people don't like it. They don't want yeah. it. Not really. Not really. Not deep down. Not really. And you see, so it's not kind not to speak about this because the kindness is in saying there's another way. There's freedom. There's freedom from, from thinking about sex too much, for it being all over the place, in the wrong place. Because yeah. you know, there is a way and there's a purpose. So yeah. I think that, that so that's the message of the gospel, of beauty, hope, restoration, freedom, and not to speak of it, not yeah. to speak of it is not kind. Do you think... It's also a bit confusing because Islam also believes in the Messiah, Judaism as well. Plus yeah. you've got you've got every sort of major religion yeah. believes in that. It seems like the story's similar. Which one do I pick? Well, first of all, not everything can be true. When they say either things either one thing is true or nothing is true. Yeah? So um either there is no God, but it's all random, um, hard secularism or Islam is true, or Buddhism is true, or Hinduism is true, or Sikhism is true, or Christianity is true, because they can't all be true. You know, truth is, there is an objective standard for truth. And either I'm, wa- I'm deluded, I'm wasting my time, or it is the truth. In which case, what I've said about Jesus returning, and one day every knee shall bow, the judge and the ruler of the world, and that there's eternity set in our hearts and there's heaven and hell, either that's true, and it's really true, or it's not and then we need to, and so I think that everyone at least has to genuinely look at not what they think Christianity is, but what Christianity actually says it is. So read the Gospel of Mark. Go to someone who really believes. Come here to the offices of Christian Concern. Let us take you through what Christianity really is. Um, this has been an absolute fascinating conversation. Thank you so much uh, for talking to me today. In my sort of gathering from this conversation, it is hard to be Christian, but once you get there, it's freedom. Yes, yes, sets you free. Jesus Christ sets you free indeed. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you very much for your time. Strong views from Andrea Williams from Christian Concern. And she spoke with great passion in our chat. I think it's fair to say not everyone may agree with some of Andrea's views, but that's what we're here to do in Blinded Faith. Discover a little bit more about why people hold such firmly held beliefs in how they live their lives. Our next episode tackles a subject that follows neatly on from what we've heard with a very contemporary issue, the trials and tribulations of LGBT travelling. Many countries have anti-gay laws that make it very difficult for people to conduct their normal lives when on holiday. 
I'm speaking to Darren Byrne, who's the founder of a company specialising in travel for LGBT people. Gay travel has had a bit of a PR nightmare over the last few decades. It's the Brits and it's our laws that are still having a negative impact on destinations today in terms of homophobia. I'm Yasser and that's the next episode of Blind of Faith, exploring the pitfalls of being from the LGBT community and going on holiday. Coming up next... Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 